Welcome to the 1K Mom Podcast. This is episode number 15. No, don't touch. Just talk. I love you so much. I love you too so much. You're listening to the 1K Mom Podcast. I'm your host, Katie Fleming, founder of the 1K Mom Tribe. This is a movement of women who are building a business and raising a family and doing both well. Let's do this. So today I got to talk with Susie Parker and Susie is a sleep expert. Um, Pretty much realized that I've got some sleep things going on in our house that I've got to work through because waking up in the middle of the night is fun for nobody. Uh, And we are quickly approaching two years old for Juliana. That transition from being a baby to a toddler is like the most annoying transition ever. Just kidding. That was potty training. But yeah, curious to know what your least favorite transition was as a parent with your kids. Go to my latest Instagram post. Let me know what that transition was. I'm curious. Okay, I want to know. Potty training so far has been the worst. But anyway, guys, I'm excited to introduce you to Susie. Susie Parker is a certified sleep consultant and founder of Sleep Baby Love Child Sleep Consulting. She has a been-there-done-that mom of two beautiful girls who have had her deal with many sleep challenges head-on. Trained in the science of sleep by the Family Sleep Institute, Susie's blog has become a go-to resource for many parents of littles, and her articles can be found in some of the most visited parenthood sites, including the Huffington Post. Baby Center, and Baby World, just to name a few. Through her personalized consulting and online courses, Susie helps many exhausted families teach their babies, toddlers, and preschoolers to love sleep. Hey, Susie, welcome to the 1K Mom Podcast. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me here. Super excited to be here. I am so excited to have you because you are pretty much the expert in all things sleep, right? Oh, my thank you. I'd like (laughs) to say, you know, all things sleep, I am an expert. I I definitely parenting and in other avenues, not an expert. Sleep, definitely I have it going on. So tell me how you got to that point. Like what made you realize, oh, I've got some expertise here. Like tell me about that journey. Yeah. So I was just that kid growing up that always wanted to start my business. I think that that's important to know in advance, but I never had like the idea or the aha moment. So it wasn't until I had babies that my first daughter, I did everything wrong. Like I'm humble enough to realize, yeah, I didn't do that one right. (laughs) Especially when it came to sleep. But my second daughter came around and I think the dynamic of having one to two is just a little different but she came out with no soothing abilities. And I was like, oh my God, she is the worst sleeper ever. Like, right? Like, this isn't how a baby is supposed to be. Like, she needed me to do all that hard work. Like, she didn't have that sleepy period like my older daughter had. Mm. So I knew at an early age, number one, we were kind of screwed. Like, I knew that. I'm like, oh my God, this girl is going to give me a lot of trouble. Um, But What's great about it, I mean, in hindsight, right, it was a really tough period of time in my life, but I knew I had to focus on sleep and I knew I had to focus on giving her these amazing sleep skills, which is, you know, not having me do that hard work for her. So we went through a pretty funky period of time, but I was able to learn everything about sleep that I needed to. And I got her sleeping like amazingly textbook well. At four months, we actually did do sleep training. 
And she, for years and years and years, like was a great sleeper. Now she's five and she like still presses every button. She's just a strong little kid, but we have sleep under wraps. Like, right. I'm the mom that has, you know, as a sleep consultant have sleep down. So fast forward, probably about two years after having this non-sleeping daughter, I decided like finally that aha moment came and I was like, oh my God, I need to support other parents that are going through this. I know that I can help them. And there was a certification for sleep consulting. And next day, like the day after I enrolled and, you know, three months after that, I started my business. So since 2014, I have been a certified sleep consultant and I help babies, preschoolers, toddlers, all of the above learn how to love sleep. So that is my company, Sleep Baby Love. So yeah, it's been fun and exciting. So the first thing I want to touch on is you mentioned that you were an entrepreneur even as a kid. So what did that look like back then? Like, oh, I wanted to be an entrepreneur. Like I knew, like I, I, I was the one and, and it wasn't probably being so much a kid. I think I was always financially frugal, you know, like yeah. I like to save my money, but I wasn't saving for anything particular, but I definitely knew like you know, I think it was college where I was like reading about Jack Welch and how Mm -hmm. GE started. I remember that like really thick book and my friends were like, you're such a nerd. And I'm like, I don't know. I just was very interested in like real stories. Um, I wish, I mean, in hindsight, wouldn't it have been amazing back then that the idea would have hit. Um, But it was definitely, I always, you know, throughout my (laughs) twenties, that was a long time ago. I was like, God, it would be so cool to be in business for my own. So I had a little jewelry business, um, Mm -hmm. you know, in the early 2000s, probably 1999. I just basically went to Chinatown. I bought little jewelry and I sold it to my friends (laughs) for a markup. So um, that was a fun little thing. And here or there, just little things, but I never had that like aha moment like I did with the sleep consulting. Well, I love asking that question because, um, raising kids, like I've got two girls, like I want to figure out how to keep them creative and kind of instill that entrepreneurial spirit within them. So do you have any tips or any things you do with your own kids to kind of help them? Oh my God. That's so funny that, yes, I I am like that mom that really, really wants to have my children have this entrepreneurial bug. Like if, if I could be successful at doing, having them start their own business, even young, just to have that experience of starting a business, even if it's not what they end up doing, I think I'd be the happiest mom. So a couple different things. Um, I got two really good ideas from Smart Passive Incomes podcast um, with Pat Flynn. So the first one was the mom basically shared a story, or there was a teenager who started a business and she shared a story. She was a homeschool mom, which I have no intention of ever homeschooling, but her mom made her start a company as like a project for mm-hmm. homeschooling. And so I absolutely am going to say to my kids, here's $500. You must start a company. Even if you know it fails and all you get is a couple life lessons, I definitely want to have that, that program in school. My kids are so young. They're only five and seven right now. So mm-hmm. I'm still ways away for that. Um, but the other thing that I've started to do, and also I got this from Pat Flynn's podcast, is I really start talking about entrepreneurship. Now, my seven-year-old, it's come up a lot more. My five-year-old, I don't think we've really gotten there, but I do explain about what business is and how to start a business. So just the simple phrase of businesses solve problems, like just that easy to understand. So I explained to my daughter, I'm like, what problems do you see in this? You know, let's think about problems that you're experiencing. What could we create? And like, she comes up with like, 
an imaginary like mind reader to help her spell words. Like I'm like, okay, that's a good idea. But in reality, we're not like probably going to be creating like the Jetsons, you know, the future ideas, but it gets her thinking about problems that she could solve to create businesses. So it's a fun concept. We've already started a couple little things with our lemonade stand. Um, I had her create, um, she wanted something and I didn't want to give her money. So I thought of ways to actually get her to earn money. And we were creating these little hair bands to sell to oh, people. Yeah. The problem is it became a sweatshop for mommy and I realized <laughs> it's a little too young. So maybe we'll pick that one up in the future. But I do think that like, my goal, unfortunately, can't be, you know, us as parents, as moms, we can't give that, you know, wish or desire to our children to like mm -hmm. want to create that business. It kind of has to be bred within. So, you know, I'll, yeah. I'll definitely nurture and mentor, but I know that I can't do the hard work. Yeah. Just getting them to think creatively and just, like you said, seeing the problems in our everyday world. And then as far as you modeling, they're, they're going to catch that they're seeing mom modeling how to do this from home. So that's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. So next thing I'm curious about, you said you have a certification. Mm -hmm. So do you think that's necessary? Like obviously in some things it does make sense. Let's not go to a doctor. That's not like legit, that kind of thing. But I think this holds a lot of moms and entrepreneurs back is thinking that the certification is the be all end all. But I'm just curious to know your opinions. No, that's a great question. So I actually, no, I do not think you need a certification to do what I do. What I draw from is experience, personal experience. Like my daughter was a bad sleeper. I I know what you're thinking about. I figured out how to solve it by doing my own research, doing my own approaches. Um, my daughter, my toddler, which, you know, was my older daughter, we had a lot of toddler issues. So I bring a lot of experience to the table. If you were a mom with no experience, yes, you would need it. But I also don't necessarily know that this would be the business for you because I think so much of what I do comes from the empathy and experience that I bring with my own experiences. So I do think though that it is a confidence issue. Mm -hmm. So I am glad that I didn't have to get an MBA to start my business. I am glad that my relatively, I only spent a couple thousand dollars and my business has been extremely lean to start up. I did not need, or I did not invest anything. I didn't invest in a logo. I didn't invest in a website. I did everything DIY and I'm really proud of that bootstrapping. Mm -hmm. um, but I do think the certification gives me a little credibility. I say I am a certified sleep consultant to differentiate myself from people out there. Um, there are a lot of different certifying agencies for sleep consulting, and I don't think all of them have been created equal. I did have a lot of coursework and caseload, so it's not like they didn't do anything for me. There was a lot of value that my certification brought, but I think had I been like oblivious, I could have started my business on my own as mm -hmm. well. So you, I love that you said drawing on personal stories and like the empathy that you have, because that's, I mean, our personal story is so powerful and just, that's exactly why I say to every mom, like you have a brilliance that we can figure out how to monetize and share with this world. So do you have any like tips on how people can kind of open that story bank kind of thing? Cause sometimes it's hard to remember the past and draw on, on things that we've gone through. So any tips on that? Yeah. I mean, I think that figure out what it is that you have an interest and a passion about. I don't, you know, I, I personally have thought about a lot of different ideas and I say, but I didn't have that experience. I would be a fraud if I, if I went into potty training, for example, because my kids really didn't do that. Um, so I do think that if it could be really simple and it's something that you are like really passionate about, whether it's like 
creating your own clothes or, you know, there's some niche out there. There's some mom that is looking for your expertise and it doesn't necessarily need to be a mom, but Mm -hmm. I do think that your skills are transferable. You just have to believe in yourself. Um, But I do think the passion component needs to be there too. You can't say, well, you know, I want to be a feeding expert for my kids because, you know, eh, it sounds like people probably need it, but eh, you know, my kids eat candy all the time, whatever. Um, I I think that you'll just set yourself up to kind of not be a thousand percent behind it right away. Yeah. Yeah. And people can definitely sense that inauthentic. Authentic. Why can I say that word? Yeah. Authenticity. Authenticity. Inauthenticity. Yes. There we go. (laughs) So you said you started your business lean, just had your consult. I mean, very small startup costs if you really compare to other things. Oh, so yes. what were your first steps to really get that first client, that first dollar bill in your account, whatever it was? Mm-hmm. What was that? Yeah. So, you know, I think just putting it out there. Um, I'm trying to think the great news is my certification, what they did. This is a huge value add. Um, they, they forced us to have volunteer clients. So I was able to help for free people to get my process straightened out. So I liked that aspect of before I had it, I had testimonials day one when I created my website. Um, so that was, you know, with the, yeah. So it got me exposure and experience, but it also got me, um, you know, more confident as opposed to this is my first client. But, um, you know, pretty early on, I think, you know, if you look at the sleep consulting world, either people think it's saturated or people are like, I've never even heard of it. So there, I was in 2014 where I think 2014 to today, there's like a million people being a sleep consultant, but it wasn't as saturated as it was, I think today. Um, and I definitely feel that I was able to to be the first in my area. So I'm from Chicago, but I'm also from the suburbs. So there was no sleep consultant in my, you know, what I call my suburb area. Mm -hmm. Um, So just through word of mouth, someone's like, Oh my God, I need your help. And yeah, I was getting calls honestly, before I even had pricing. I was like, I don't know, a couple hundred bucks. Like I I didn't know at the time. So I think that that's really helpful by word of mouth, by just knowing that there's a need for my services. Um, From there, I created a website through a friend of mine, he hosted my site. Um, This is a great story. 2014, you know, like I was, my friend was helping me and he's like, just pick a theme, you know, and hopefully you guys, most of you know that, you know, in WordPress, you find a theme and it kind of like has your look and image. So you're not, you know, coding a website yourself. So I was like, oh my God, I love this theme. And I'm like, it's not mobile responsive. Is that okay? And he's like, yeah, I'm sure it's fine. (laughs) Anyway, 2014 is when at the end of 2014, it's like, Google will penalize any non-mobile responsive site. So 2015, I created a second site. Um, You know, again, really lean. I mean, I think all I was spending was the $50 theme price, you know, so it wasn't a huge deal to me, but it is pretty funny that like, you know, in 2014, I should have known better or he should have known better and not create, let me create it under that theme. So yeah, I mean, I think that like, maybe just, I'm just frugal to begin with, but like, I didn't think about investing in anything, not until even this last year, 16, 17, it was like, okay, finally, let me do branding. You know, let me spend money on this. Let me buy a course because I was making the sales to kind of justify it. But I didn't want to be a no profit business. I wanted to make money. Right. So, um, thankfully I never felt that bug when I went on someone's webinar that I had to buy that urgency of, I'm going to, you know, miss out. I was just like, I got so much from this. Why would I buy? Because I'm only making, you know, so much at this point. So I definitely encourage a lot of 
you know, be lean in the beginning. I don't think that there is, I, I think it's really scary when I see people that are like going into debt or not justifying their services or quitting their full-time jobs. I, I think that that scares me for people and, and some will be super successful, but some just won't because they're investing too much too early. Well, and, and it's, I think it, for especially women entrepreneurs, we want it to be pretty. We want it to be totally Instagram worthy and have this gorgeous website. And the truth is like, you don't really have to have all that pretty glitz and glammy stuff to get your first couple clients, mm-hmm. you know, and get that I, first 1K and everything else beyond that. I feel I just redid my logo. Not one, not one person has said, wow, Susie, I noticed you changed your logo. Not one. They don't care. It was so <laughs> important to me. Because I was like, that is not what my brand reflects, you know, and, right. and it's just funny how nobody cares. Um, so I do think that an ugly website can turn me off, right. but there's so many low cost resources, you know, these beautiful female themes that all you have to do is plug and play um, as opposed to, I think where people make their ugly websites is when they buy Divi, for example, and I love Divi and they start like fiddling with it. Well, mm-hmm. really just buy a child theme and stick with it, you know, and, and same with my theme. Like if I make any change, it's not going to look that pretty, but like right now it looks great. I just don't make any changes. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of templates. If you don't have any design background, like I use Divi, but I've got some design eye, you know? Yeah. Um, but it wasn't as easy. Like I came from the Squarespace world, which is very drag and drop mm-hmm. simple, um, but you've got to know how to create those graphics to make it pretty. (laughs) Squarespace was funny because I looked at Squarespace before I started my, you know, company. I'm like, ah, it's too hard for me. (laughs) Forget it. But I was creating something that was so ugly. And I see these beautiful Squarespace websites. I'm like, they, they have something more than I did, but you're right. You know, it's definitely getting the eye for it, making sure the spacing is right. But, you know, I, I think that to have someone create a website for you is not a bad investment. If I were to do it again, probably that's where I would spend the money, believe mm-hmm. it or not. But I don't think it needs to be a $10,000 website. I think oh, no. at a thousand could be, you know, more than capable. Um, especially if they have great work. Yeah. Yeah. Step one for sure around that price range. So mm-hmm. take me into your client base. Are you mostly local or online? Yeah. So it's great. Um, I, do all of the above, right? So I am in a different business model, or at least I hope to be in a different business model. Majority of what I do right now is supporting clients one-on-one. They can be anywhere in the world. So a lot of people do know me because of my um, local expertise. My name is very, you know, synonymous with, you know, the Chicagoland area. However, I get clients all the time that find me online. So I did one great thing for my business that I encourage at least some of you to do. Um, Number one, I have a couple epic blog posts. So I do get traffic to my site organically. And 2015, end of 2015, it's so funny. It's like now we're in 2018. It's like, where was it? Um, But 2015, I I enrolled in Pinfinite Growth, Melissa Griffin's course. And so I spent what felt like eternity really focusing on Pinterest. And I did everything that she said. And I got, you know, hooked up with board booster and I had my Pinterest traffic going just buck wild. Mm-hmm. There's been a lot of changes on Pinterest and my traffic has fallen. I've, I've recently tried getting it back up and have gotten it back up. But I would say that like, I see where people, clients are contacting me from. How did you hear me? Pinterest, Pinterest, Pinterest. You know, I have Google searches too, obviously. So mm-hmm. 
people, I think, see from my website that I'm fun. I have, you know, a lot of email, um, you know, auto responders, um, automations going. So I think they see the personality. I do like to have fun in my business and kind of make fun of ourselves as, as much as possible, especially because we're dealing with sleep. That's such a personal, Mm -hmm. um, decisive topic. So, um, just some people are like, you know what? I like you and I want to work with you. I love that. I get people all the time. So I love that she said epic blog posts because it only takes a couple for it to really be worthwhile traffic. So what did it take you to really create those, outline them? (laughs) Forever. (laughs) At the end of the day, I I mean, I've been in business for, you know, since 2014, we're talking four years later and three of my posts are like really epic. Um, I am slow at writing. I acknowledge, I know I need to be a better writer. I know I need to be a better nurturer in my (laughs) email sequences too, but um. It just takes me a long time. Just it is what it is. But I knew, um, and I know long form blog posts are where it's at. Like I don't. It's funny. Just recently, someone said, "Oh, make five hundred words or less for blog posts." I'm like, that is not going to get you anywhere. You have to write long form and has to be really good. And Google, I think, really is responding and being um, beneficial if you can get you know, your posts up. Um, I obviously backlinks are important. I don't think I've ever focused on a backlink strategy. Um, so I would just say Google's rewarding me for good long content, like really experienced. Um, so I have, you know, three search terms that really kind of relate into, you know, people sleeping. So one of them, you know, one of the early on search terms was like, does your child poop, you know, in the middle of the night, like that doesn't mean somebody's going to hire me, but short naps, they have a better chance if someone finds that that person will hire me four month sleep regression. That's another hot term sleep training. Well, though it's not as hot of a term in Google, it is in Pinterest. That's mm-hmm. the, the traffic. It goes buck wild in Pinterest. So people find me with the issues that people would need a sleep consultant for. Um, I also have courses. That was something that I think you were talking about too. Um, you know, I'm really trying to shift my business to be online. You know, I, I, would love to say, oh my God, tomorrow I am going to be having like, I'm going to be making like a million dollars in online sales. That's not going to ever happen for me. But like, wouldn't that be cool? In 10 years from now, you have like a, you know, the 1K podcast, where are they now? And I'm like, 1K? I'm making like a hundred million K. Like, wouldn't that be awesome? (laughs) Yes. And I love that she said that because it's like the 1K mom podcast and this brand is not about like, you're going to make your first 1k and that's it. Like, no, that first 1k is like, what gets you started to believe that you can do it? And let's figure out how to leverage scale you all the stuff we need to do to take your business to where you want it to go. Right. So, okay. Question about these terms. I love that because I've got a, um, how old is she? 18 months and four year old. So like, I totally know all about that four month sleep regression Mm-hmm. There was one at two years and almost drove me crazy. That's another of my good search term, two-year-old sleep regression. That's a, that's a good article of mine. Yeah. And then like, I don't know if there's one at four years, but like. Oh, well, let me tell you, my five-year-old is really fun right now. Oh, it's <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just kidding. No, we're, you're, so you're on the younger end of kind of where I was. My kids are getting older. Like we're doing crazy things, like keeping them up late. Like, oh my God, like, wow. You know, like not, not saying, oh my God, guys got to get home, go to sleep. Like we're just being a little more flexible. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that, you know, hang in there. Your four-year-old should be okay. As long as you don't get into bad habits. 
Yes. Like, let's keep them out of our bed. That's one thing my husband and I have always been very, very strict on is you stay in your own room. (laughs) That is what is great. And, and just to give your listeners a tip, the best thing I did is my daughter who, this is the, the youngest that was like this amazing sleeper. I got that girl brainwashed that her crib was the best thing going in the whole house. You are so lucky you can sleep in a crib. I want to sleep in your crib. She, she was <laughs> over four when I transitioned her out of that crib. That's how oh much she loved gosh. it. Oh my gosh. Wow. So, yeah. I don't know if it's a tip, but for some reason with my oldest, um, we always, if we spruce up her room in any way, if we get her new bedding, if we make her bed before it's time for nap, like nap bedtime, she is more excited to sleep in it. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. That is interesting. Yeah. So, my oldest also made us make her bed right before bedtime. So uh-huh. yeah, there's something to that. They want the, um, I think it's a consistency of like things being very the same and a yeah. ruffled up bed is not going to give them that like comforted feel. Yeah. Yeah. So those terms like sleep training, um, maybe even cry it out might be one for you. I don't know if that, but just how can um, other business owners in different niches figure out what their terms are like to kind of create those epic blog posts? Yeah. So, you know, I think it's number one, you cannot create a blog post solely thinking of the terms because I have done a lot of research and coming up with the right keyword and like, they're just not ranking when the four month sleep regression, I can tell you, I didn't do anything for that. So there are experts that will say the ones that are going to be um, popular. I think that you find a very similar niche um, business and find what they're ranking for and see if you can maybe create a couple posts. The other thing is about SEO. You know, I think that so much frustration about getting ranked is that you have to give it time. And I'm creating this, I'm creating my most epic blog post yet. It's the longest, like most detailed. And, and I'm actually hoping that it gets like it's top of funnel concept. Um, but I know a year from now, it might not even take, take off. So that's, it's frustrating because you do all this work, but I think that what I'm not doing great, which I would recommend everyone else, just write it, post it and be done with it and move mm-hmm. on and do their next one. Um, I mean, I was taking like three, six months to write and publish a p- blog post when in reality, I shouldn't. Um, some of the best tips that I, I actually did my sleep training article, which I knew I needed because it was such an important topic to my business. I wrote it in a lot of Facebook posts. So because I'm not great at writing, I was creating images and maybe doing like a topic, um, you know, subhead and just writing. And then I'd copy and paste it to the word post. So it was like I was doing social media and making myself be accountable. And I didn't worry so much about grammar. And then I took that image and put it into the blog post. So it was like a one and done strategy. I think mm-hmm. that that was really helpful for me to kind of get off my butt and just do yeah. it. When you're waiting to get started and just like have this idea and these things running through your head, like just getting started is going to be what you need. So I tell people all the time, like whatever medium it is, it's easier for you to create content. If you prefer to go live on Facebook, or if you prefer to get a microphone and go in your car and go for a drive and record on your phone audio, whatever it takes for you to get that content out of your head, start there and repurpose in whatever format you need. You can hire somebody to do that. You can do it yourself. You Mm -hmm. can enlist your husband trying to convince my husband right now that he should be my podcast editor. He's not, he's not biting on that, but still working, (laughs) but just, I mean, people say all the time, like I have to blog. 
but I hate writing. Okay, then where can we start? What can we do something differently? Because mm-hmm. if you hate yeah. it, you're not going to do it. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it, a successful win is, you know, focus on your analytics. Like I remember thinking like, oh my God, 50 people found my website today. Like that's pretty cool. Um, making sure that you're searchable, you know, just in general, but you know, even without doing anything, without having any sort of website, most likely people are going to find you in mm-hmm. some capacity. So knowing that now you'll want to create something that will help hook them in longer. Yes. I love it. So um, tell me, do you work with any moms that are building businesses and trying to kind of get their kids into healthy sleep patterns? I am, um, you know, all of the above moms in general, I work with. Um, so, you know, it's funny, somebody found me on a Facebook group in a business group. They're like, oh my God, I need to sleep. You know, I think with mom business owners, you know, because of, I bring the business owner aspect to it, I think what, it's just a stronger rapport that we have. Um, but I also think it's focusing on, it's the mom saying, I need help because I need to create my business and I need that time for my business. And I, I don't think there's anything wrong about saying, you know, in any capacity, any way that a mom is going to feel better about themselves and get the rest that they need, I'm all for it. You know, mm-hmm. I think that there's no reason that they shouldn't be reaching out. I love it. So any tips to like that mom just kind of in the early stages, maybe she's preparing to go back to work. Maybe she's preparing to, you know, come off of maternity leave with her online business mm-hmm. tips for that. Yeah, I mean, I think so. If if they're going back to work, there's a good chance. I mean, I love my, this is the best, my Canadian clients and my European clients like, oh, I have a year off. I'm like, oh. yeah, right. I, in the United States, we get like six weeks on a good day, three months, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, you have to look at kind of what you're ready for. So is it that your baby is, you know, sleeping, waking up once a night and you're okay with it? Don't do anything. I, I'm not a fan of having you make any changes to sleep training, which is the process of teaching independent skills. If, if it's not broken, right. If the process isn't, isn't hurting you or or affecting you, but it's once you're ready and your baby is waking up multiple times a night and you know that your baby needs to learn the independent skills, come up with a sleep plan. And, And that's where I think that I would recommend just hiring somebody to help you to make sure that you can actually, you know, have the best opportunity, um, to, to help, your baby sleep longer. Yeah. And what is that process you go through when you're hi- when somebody hires you? Yeah. So the majority of clients that hire me, you know, we do a two week support package. Two weeks is most clients kind of fit in that two weeks box. Some people require more time and I, I make sure that I don't sugarcoat anything, but I come up with you. We do a consultation, what you're comfortable doing. Um, and typically what you're comfortable doing is the, the soothing method. So what happens when you put your baby in their crib? Well, chances are they're not going to say, thanks, mom. I've been wanting to go to sleep. They're going to be upset. So what is your role in helping soothe them? It's not helping them go to sleep. They have to do that on their own, but it means, you know, are you going to be going in and checking or are you going to be responding or not responding, et cetera? So coming up with a really detailed plan, and that plan focuses on naps too. Overall, you have to focus on naps. Naps lead into night, nights lead into naps. So, you know, naps are really difficult to begin with. They're probably my biggest nemesis. Um, Just being able to focus on having a nap that works, a nap plan, and making sure that the timing is right is a big component. So what my clients do is then once they're ready to start their plan, they go ahead and um, 
focus on implementing it, but also knowing that I'm going to be supporting them. So typically just, you know, rooting for them, helping them um, make sure that they feel good all around. I love it. Well, maybe I need to talk to you because my 18 month won't, won't stay asleep. <laughs> She's so funny. She was like the baby, you put her down and she'd immediately roll over and that was it. You didn't hear from her. No passing, nothing. Mm. But now all of a sudden, I guess we're nearing that two-year-old loveliness. Yeah, you know, at so. two years, that's the difference. You know, the babies become toddlers and then they become preschoolers. And no is like something that they can get away with. Like, right? They, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want to go to sleep. And then go what? Moms go back to them, you know, and okay, well, either by comforting or not. So it's pretty easy to have a great sleeper and get it in like a super bad routine or bad habit. So you know, I think that then that becomes the toddler sleep skills. But one thing that you said right off the bat, my child won't come into bed with us. So you've already set your firm limit and then you can kind of work around the rest of it by whatever you're comfortable with. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's just, you know, when, when definitely sleep takes a nosedive, that's when people call me because they need a big picture plan and you can help involve your child at that point. Gosh, I can totally attest to needing that firm plan because like in the middle of the night when you're just exhausted, you'll do whatever. I mean, oh, it's, sure. it's happened. Yeah. And I, for once in a while, no big deal, but it's once in a while turns into every night, turns into multiple times a night. No, that's not good. Yeah. So, um, what are some practical tips that we can do to kind of help our family sleep better? And this is kind of a wide range of people you might be talking to ages of kids, but Yeah. So I'll give you, you know, generic advice for the babies and the toddlers and the preschoolers. So number one, always focus on wake times as in like appropriate age amount of sleep. So, you know, you can go to my website and find the sleep needs by age, but you know, I think that parents with older kids, they make these mistakes and they're like, Oh, my two-year-old's sleeping 10 hours total with a nap. And chances are that's just not enough sleep for that age child. So you can focus on averages to kind of see if you're in the wheelhouse because some of your issues may be stemming just your child is not getting enough sleep. Mm -hmm. Um, That being said, then you have to focus on the age appropriate times between naps. So, you know, we'll take your baby at 18 months, you know, and I'm not saying this is happening with you, but I think that if you focus on, okay, you know, my baby's sleeping from 1230 to 230 and then they're going to bed at nine, I can tell you like already just timing is off. So um, you're still looking even for the two to, you know, four-year-old between four and six hours before bedtime. And that's the end of the nap to bedtime. So I think parents are just like, well, I want to spend time with them at night, but they're keeping up up way too late. Um, Said the mom who had early bedtimes forever. And I like desperately wish that I could get back to that stage. Um, you know, focusing on the right sleep environment, you know, right now, at least in Chicago, we're really in a right, it's dark, it's dark in the morning, it's dark at night, especially what time my kids wake up. Um, so it works, but in summer when it's super bright out, you know, at eight o'clock, the, the light will hinder and affect sleep. So I always recommend blackout shades. If you don't have them on your windows, um, there's some, pretty inexpensive to, you know, beautiful, expensive, you know, blackout shades you can buy, but anything in between. And I'm fine with the DIY option if that helps sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, sleeping in, you know, their own room. I think that it gets really stimulating when your child is in your bedroom um, and white noise machine that just will help 
block out the sound and also make sure that any other disruptions, um, you know, throughout the house won't wake your baby up. Perfect. I love it. Well, it's just, it's such a cool subject because I mean, sleep affects everybody in the household, the kid, but also mom who's trying to do all the things and take care of all the people. So I love what you're doing. It's awesome. Perfect. Thank you. Well, let's get into the final quick, like just the rapid fire questions. So first off, give me one mom and, and or business owner hack to help other moms manage motherhood and business well. Oh, do you, um, don't compare yourself to others. Like, I think that we all get in that trap, me included, but like, you know, parenting with sleep, even, you know, don't worry about what everyone else is doing. If whatever works for you, don't compare what other business owners are doing. Cause trust me, I'm in the same boat. I'm like, Oh my God, four years ago, like people who started businesses, they're like triple, you know, past me, but I just can't focus on that. I just have to focus on my own growth. Mm-hmm. I love that. Cause that really applies to motherhood and business because I mean, you could sit here and say, well, um, I'm trying to think breastfeeding or formula. I mean, there's just so many uh, puree or baby led weaning, like so many options. And so, so many, many things. Options. And, and so many people things. get heated about it too. Yeah. Just sit it down. Like, yeah, exactly. And you will never, ever, ever, ever hear me say you must sleep train you, you, you're doing it wrong. I think that when parents want my advice, I give it, but I'm never judgmental about it. Like, yeah. When you're like, well, here's where the reality is. This is what, what you're going to need to change. But I unsolicited advice is so unnecessary for parenthood. And maybe you find with your clients, like it's the mom in her gut knows she just needs a little bit of help discovering what that is. Exactly. And, and a little push to move in that direction. But we as moms have got this just natural sense of knowing what's right. Perfect. For our kids. Yeah. So, okay. If you could do it all over again, what would you tell yourself or what would you start with? Oh, and you know, so I think that I, Oh God, this is such a tough one. I mean, I'd love to say I should have created 10 blog posts for the three that I did or the three that have really gone viral. Um, I, I think that if I could have gotten more traffic, I would be a little further ahead, even though I'm super excited about where I'm at. That's one area, even though it's hard for me in 2014, I should have put my head down and like just created epic blog posts. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. So what is your favorite app, software, or system that you'd recommend right now? So one of the things, and it doesn't need to necessarily be, um, you know, I think one of the things that did help me is I acknowledged that I wasn't tech savvy enough to have my online course hosted through my own site. So I invested in Teachable. You know, there's plenty of other options out there, but I realized that that is something that's just helped me because it's been so easy just for me to put it up online and accept payments and have a sales page. That's pretty. Yes. I mean, this is like one of the things I talk with my clients all about all the time is it's not as complicated as we might think it is. Mm -hmm, Right. A PayPal link, you know, a simple landing page. Kajabi is one of my favorites. It kind of handles all the things, website, Mm -hmm. courses, emails, everything. Yeah. But it's just, it's gotten simpler. We're in 2018 now and there's so many resources available. Right. And, you know, I think that if I can look at it again, you know, like a Kajabi might have helped me, but I think because I already have some of it already taken away through lead pages, I, yeah. I don't necessarily know. And that would have been investing, you know, so I'm glad I didn't invest up front for that. But Teachable has definitely been one of those, like, I'm glad I have it, even though it's a little more expensive than I'd like to pay. It helps. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, what is the best book you've read? 
Yeah, you know, the best book, I don't know about the best book, but I just read a really interesting book on the plane on last week. It's called Profit First. And I think a business owner really should read that in the beginning because it's basically, and, and I think everyone's different. I've told you I'm pretty frugal. So I'm not so concerned that I could do it, but I see so many businesses and people outspending their business. Mm-hmm. So I think it helps frame and make sure that money is coming to you and your expenses are in line. So I've actually been recommending it a bunch to some people, but easy read. I like the author. I like that book too. And I love how he's, he's just the whole process of it. Like taking your profit first kind of puts you in this whole mindset where now I've got to go figure out how to make that money to pay for those tools, those things, those glitz and glammy things I want to grow Mm -hmm. my business. You know, if you find yourself as being that kind of a business owner. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Well, tell the audience where they can connect with you and all that good stuff. Perfect. So I am at sleepbabylove.com. My online courses are at Family Success Academy, but you can easily link to that through sleepbabylove.com. And I offer a ton of free resources in the sleep department. I have a resource library for all aspects of baby sleep. Um, So go ahead and sign up to my email list and you will get access. So cool. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for chatting with us today. I have gained a ton of value and I know everybody listening will too, but it has been amazing chatting with you. So fun. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. For a full recap and show notes of the episode with some helpful tips and tricks and links to what was mentioned, head on over to 1kmom.com. And if you enjoyed today's episode, we would be so honored if you would leave us a review on iTunes, screenshot today's episode, share it on Instagram, tag us in your stories at Katie Fleming, and let us know what you loved. Thank you so much for being a part of the 1K Mom Tribe.